You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is from FNB Wealth and Investment, Portfolio Manager at that August financial institution. Wayne, uh, yeah, we, we, we've said this for the last three and a half, uh, four weeks almost. We've never seen the like of this, and it just keeps on getting even more, getting, yeah. even more unbelievable. It's got to sort of calm down at some stage, hasn't it? Yes, you would think so, and you'd also think we're getting close to the bottom now. Our market's down 40%, roughly speaking. In dollar That's terms or rand terms? No, in rand terms, straight rand terms. Dollar terms is way worse. Mm. And you would think it's getting close to the bottom. And we must just remember, mm. when you live this sort of thing day to day, it feels as though the world is collapsing around your ears. Yes. And that, and that it'll never, ever, ever in our lifetimes return to any form or any shape of normality. And of course, understand it's just a bear market and it's panic. Yeah, it's just a bear market and it's panic, but it has a different style about it, a different character, a different personality. That's that's the word I was looking for. This has a different mm. personality to other ones, and it's not just because of the nature of the catalyst, which, of course, was a health issue, but it's also to do with the structure of the market, like a proliferation of passive investments, and all these people just press a button because they've had all and these redemptions, up. and mm. they just they don't care. They're not finessing it. Whereas in the old days, yeah. Wayne McCurry would be sitting there, and Lindsay Williams would phone him up and say listen uh, Wayne can you sell five I've got 5,000 Anglos with you can you take it down to 2,000 please and you would ease 3,000 into the market these people with these passive investments just press a button and it says sell on it don't you think yeah no very much so but understand Lindsay every other collapse correction market route bear market I've been through you also hear all the time, this time it's different. Eh? So hearing this time it's different is actually not that different to all previous collapses because in all previous collapses you hear, this time it's different. I know it happened, but this time it's different. You know, So it's not unusual to hear stories about how different this time is because you actually hear that every single time. You know, um, We've just got to sit back rationally and say, should listed properties be trading at a 22% dividend yield? Should good, solid banks that have been around here for decades and decades and decades be transacting at an 8% dividend yield? Mm. You know, you've got to sit back and say, okay, maybe let's even take another further step back. What does the stock market do? A stock market gives an estimation of the future output of the world's economy into perpetuity at a present value today. So today the stock market says, what is the value of the world's economic output into perpetuity? Mm-hmm. Now, the world markets have fallen 40%. So has, has the virus caused a permanent diminution of economic output, I mean permanent, into perpetuity of 40%? Clearly the answer is no. You know, so the markets are going to recover and the world will survive and the world's economy will recover. And the share market now is as cheap as what we've seen at the worst time of any other crash that, that we've ever seen. The one nice thing about this crash, and I know it sounds really weird, this the nice thing is we're getting there quickly. This is not a slow, painful crash. This is a proper quick one. We're doing it literally Six days has caused the market to fall forty percent. Yes, know, that, but you're that but, you, but you're you're assuming, of course, 
that this is the end of it. You're saying, well, it was nice and quick. In other words, assuming that therefore it's going to stop. We're only one month into well, this. What know. if it goes on for another six months? What if it goes? To, what if the Dow goes to ten thousand, for example? I got no clue. It could easily do it. Who knows? Who knows? In this environment, anything could happen. I don't know the future. No one knows the future. Hmm. All that I do know is when you're in a bear market like this, you will only hear bad news. You will only hear the absolute worst-case scenario painted for markets, for the, econ for the economy, for social interaction. You're going to hear stories of famine. You're going to hear stories of groceries running out. All you are going to hear in this environment is a massive cacophony of absolute disaster scenarios like the world has never, ever seen before. That, that's all you're going to hear. So you mustn't expect anything else to happen. As an investment person, yes. all I hang my hat on is, unless the future is vastly different to anything we've ever experienced, which includes the Spanish flu, the 29 depression, two world wars, many, many economic recessions, unless the future is truly going to be different because of what's happening now, every other previous occasion has shown that when you get to valuations like this and you buy, you will be happy in five years' time, in three years' time. I don't know the, out the, the time scale outlook. So that's all I can hang my hat on. So maybe this time around it is different. Maybe the markets are going to fall 70%. But what we do know is there is this environment that we're in now is going to cause the greatest economic strain to the average citizen that we've seen in our lifetime. So it is different Previous, this time. It's just, it's just, it's just because it's virus related and because everyone's very intimately involved in all of this in your daily lives. Mm. The amount of joblessness and the amount of income lost in this one is going to be bigger than the last one. Uh, there is no doubt about that. Previously, yes. uh, you can make a slightly callous assumption. Previously, the impact on Joe's citizen was that the value of the investments came down and the value of their house came down. But effectively, I, I know unemployment went up. I know that. But effectively, you still had a job. You, know, you yeah. still went to work for the overwhelming majority of the people. Whereas, yeah, it's close and very personal. And as an example I've used many times, we've got a gym in our, in our building. Oh, yeah. Gym's closed. All of those personal trainers, they don't earn a salary. Eh? They get paid by appointment by their clients. Mm. Their income and the income of millions of other people in South Africa and maybe even a billion people worldwide their income has literally virtually overnight gone to zero. So you think of anyone in the service industry, anyone in the sporting industry, anyone in the restaurant industry, anyone in anything that, in, that, that directly services, you know, supplies a service, not necessarily goods, but supplies a service to, uh, to consumers. The income has disappeared overnight. Now that causes massive, massive social strain. And in fact, I'm, I'm starting to think more and more that this social strain of income disappearing to zero for a significant number of people may in fact cause more social pain in the human system 
than the virus itself. Well, exactly right. It's like Mr. Trump saying, well, this is not a financial or economic crisis. I said, well, of course it's not, but it's going to lead to one. And of course, that, that is playing out. I mean, just talking about anecdotal evidence of what is going on and how the social fabric of society is deteriorating or will change as long with deterioration is a very simple one. Um, I live in an apartment block in quite a, by Rotterdam standards, a well-to-do area. And across the, across the road from my apartment block, it's about 22 meters, I've measured it. I can walk across and go into a place called the Food Hallen, literally the Food Hall. It's an old warehouse, a beautiful old warehouse, mm. converted into six or seven pop-up restaurants and two bars. You go there on a Friday lunchtime, from Friday lunchtime when it opens at 12 o'clock, the place is already full. By the time you get to eight, nine o'clock in the evening, you can't even get in there. Hundreds and hundreds mm. of people. I was there, actually, yeah, it was just last Friday. There were three people in there at lunchtime, and I said yes. to all the people, that, well, what's going on? I said, well, we don't know. We've got a staff meeting, and there's 100 staff, 20% of which are on a 38-hour contract, the rest of which are students and single mothers yes. and things that rely on the casual income. Income has gone to zero. Yeah, they have got no income now whatsoever. It's, it's, it's yeah. gone. The government does help them out, of course, because it's a quite a progressive government, but nothing like the tips and everything. I'd bung somebody a couple and of euros here and there. It's, it's gone. And if you replicate that throughout a, of Europe, is, it's amazing. And this is a first world, and this is a first world country, eh? Very the first. government can help us. So, mm. so believe me, there are, as I said, there are maybe billions of people, a billion people, two billion people, I don't know, whose income has literally disappeared in front of their eyes. Now, you want to cause social strain, throw that in with the virus. I mean, there is going to be an unprecedented monetary fiscal government response to try and alleviate that pain because that pain, quite frankly, to society is worse than the virus itself. So all of these measures to contain the virus may in fact be causing a bigger problem than the virus itself. Because, I mean, you, and you get such disinformation about the virus, you actually don't know what the, the true set of facts and circumstances are. But what I'm fairly confident in saying is that over the next few days, yes. we are going to see, as we've seen with America now, it's only just started. We are going to see the most massive wall of money hitting the world's economy more so than 2008. But we've already seen it, Wayne. We've seen it twice now. it's only now. just starting. But what, what, just what's, starting. What's, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You can throw as much yes, money no, as, you, as you like. I mean, I'm looking at the coronavirus. I, I've got this website which I found today, which I find morbidly fascinating. It's called Coronavirus Update Live. Coronavirus cases this morning were 201,560 when I first started looking at it. They're now 208,349, and you can go through every country. The deaths haven't gone up, in fact, in the last two hours. Only 8,272. I mean, it's only. It's still a significant only, yeah. amount. Uh, the recovery rate has gone up uh, by a couple of hundred to 82,902. But this is going up. And the United States of America hasn't even tested anybody yet. They've maybe tested yes. 10,000 people out of a population of 300 yeah. million. So that is going to go and, up, and that will be the one yeah. that will tip us over the edge. Edge, uh, financially, and all we're going to hear, all we're going to hear, are those type of statistics. Mm. It's all we're going to hear of how this thing is spiking and how it's escalating, and it's going to throw more and more panic and confusion into the system. 
And I would not be surprised if at some stage there's going to be a legislatory kickback against anything that is perceived as false news in this environment. Because this mm. is creating fear and panic far beyond the, uh, even the, I suppose the wildest ideas of what government thought, governments thought would happen when this clampdown on the virus started. In other words, the, 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 the social consequences and the negative impact of the, the virus itself and the measures taken to counteract the spread of the virus, as I said early on, could in fact be inflicting more damage to society, to the human being, the human spirit, than the actual virus itself. The virus was a catalyst. The virus was an excuse. The virus is terrible, but in isolation. And if the market had been uh, at less elevated levels, and it was elevated because of the central bankers' activities and also the uh, pressure put on the markets by, or rather the financial system by people like Donald J. Trump. So in a way, he's complicit in this whole, whole process. Anyway, let's not talk about that. I just want to have a look at a couple of numbers on the JSE today. We don't need to comment on them, but these are numbers I haven't seen for quite a while. Top 40 down 7.1%. The mid cap index down nine and a quarter. The small cap index down six and a half percent. Resources down eight and a half percent. Financial 15 index down 12 and a half percent. Platinum mining down 20 and a bit percent. And so it goes on. South African property index down. Listed property index down 16.2 percent. I've got something here called the FTSE JSE top 40 US dollar index down 36.9 percent. That must be a misprint, surely. Can't be in one day. I, I I haven't seen that. I, I, it could very easily be a misprint. I, I don't even know what that index is or what it's supposed to represent. Well, it's the top 40 in uh, dollar terms rather than in rand terms. So, um, well, no, the rand hasn't collapsed 20% in the No, day. it hasn't. That's, that's an incorrect number. It hasn't. Anyway, it's, uh, it just goes on and on. The capped property index down 16 and third percent everything's gone down. The the yep. market is not on its knees, but it's certainly uh, under enormous, enormous, enormous pressure. Um, yes. The question is, Wayne, uh, which we will come to later on before I go into my next diatribe, but to start thinking about it, do you start easing money into the market? But I've also come to the conclusion, what we've said is that the market maybe 30, 40 years ago wouldn't have behaved like this. Because if I look back at 1929, the crash of 29, it was all to do with newspapers. You'd wake up in the morning and you, as an investor, and you would open your newspaper and it would be a screaming headline, Wall Street crashes. And that would be yes. the first time that you would, you would get that because you wouldn't have a television. You wouldn't know about it. So no, you think, are you phone you know, up? The, 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 you had radios and that, so the news would have spread slower, slower, yes. but it would have spread. That the news would definitively have spread. And every single bear market, mm. you sit there wide-eyed and terrified. White-knuckle stuff, and that is no different. And human nature, unfortunately, seems to panic. You couldn't do so anything about nature, it. Human nature nowadays is no different to 1929. No, of course it's not. But unfortunately, human nature now has the ability uh, to behave badly instantaneously, whereas before it didn't have that yes. ability. Uh, so then it took you, a little bit of time. Exactly. Then you looked at something, for example, like well, why do they call the, uh, the the British pound against the US dollar the the, the, the sterling exchange rate? Why do they call it cable? Well, it's, be it's because that they used to send the prices via cable. So they call it the cable. Yes. 
So it wasn't instantaneous like it is now. Then, of course, as years went by, we got the beautiful futures and options market, derivatives, and then people started to be able to gear up a little bit more. So yes. that made the, uh, the market even more sensitive to the upside and the downside. Then we had the advent of 24-hour trading. After that, we had derivatives on derivatives. So the futures and options became 24-hour uh, derivatives. So you've got options on options and futures on options and futures on futures. And so it goes on. The world becomes more and more complicated. And today, we've got a proliferation, as I keep on saying, of passive investments where people just press a button and say sell, as we said earlier on in this conversation, and also algorithms. So I don't think that the coronavirus 30, 40 years ago would have had the dramatic volatile effect that we've been experiencing over the last four weeks, 30, 40 years ago. Do you agree with that? No, it wouldn't have happened over four weeks. The same effect might have happened over a month or two. Mm. Markets fallen 40% on quite a few occasions. Eh? So it might have taken longer. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's, it's almost a perverse comment of mine. If the market's going to fall, let's get it over quickly with. I like the band-aid. No, that, that's my personal view. Yeah. Let, let's just get it over with. Rip it off. If it's falling, let it fall in the let it just quite frankly fall in a vacuum. Because the more it falls, the closer that is to the bottom. And whether that bottom is forty percent down or sixty percent down or eighty percent down, I don't know. But if it's going to do it, let's do it. Let's get it over with quickly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but understand because the because pain of this crisis, and I'm not just talking the share market, eh? the pain of the whole crisis has affected average Joe citizen significantly more than previous crises. There's going to be unprecedented response by central governments. I would not be surprised if we, uh, you know, even more trillions announced overnight. I would not be surprised if people stand back and say, listen, if you in the food supply business, government stand back and say, if you in the food supply business, you will be committing a crime by not producing food and making sure food gets to the people because they, and I, I'm not for a moment saying this is going to happen, mm. but I'm just saying that in this type of environment with a complete shutdown, with a potential complete shutdown of the supply chain, I mean, there is the serious possibility of famine. That's what people are raiding the supermarket shelves. You know, if if tomorrow, once again coming to the theoretical, if tomorrow, mm. if tomorrow the government decrees everyone stays at home and no one goes to work before the virus, because of the virus, there'll be starvation in a week. Eh? You know, so and understand there's going to be an unprecedented response because this whole thing, share market economic activity has quite frankly spiraled out of control now. Well, it has done. It's not so much out of control, but it's certainly the word I I often use is is rarefied. It's something that we haven't uh, seen before. I see certain items. You're a shopper like I am. I mean, you go out and buy stuff. You You like shopping. You know what you like. Uh, there are certain items that uh, have, have disappeared off, off the shelves. And there's been a definite progression in the Netherlands. Uh, when it first started, 
uh, somebody must have, some bright uh, spark must have put up that uh, ginger and garlic and uh, spinach and broccoli were very good for you because I couldn't find those things. I buy them every day, no, more no. or less every day. You couldn't you couldn't find them. And then I went there two days ago to my my shop and they were all back on the shelves again. But then I went to the beer and wine fridge and <laughs> the beer and wine is gone because people have suddenly yeah. said I don't really like broccoli and ginger. I'd rather have a bottle of wine or a, a Belgian beer. Thank you very much indeed. If you go now, I, about two weeks ago I went to Antwerp because Antwerp is a beautiful city and the the beer and the wine and the food is much better than in Rotterdam so I, I occasionally go there and wander around like a tourist I went there and uh, it's 45 minutes away via train but I noticed today from midday I can't go to Belgium anymore there are no trains going from uh, from Holland because they've closed their their borders and if you are yeah. a Belgian citizen you cannot go out with a friend to walk your dog or to get a breath of fresh air and go to the local park. You, can, you can't go with a friend. You have to have a certificate to say that the person you're with is your brother, your sister, your mother, your mother-in-law, your wife, whoever it is. And if, if they're not, if they're not a member of your family, you get sent home again. These are draconian mm. measures that we haven't seen, not even during World War II. Yeah, I know, I know. And, and you know, the, the effect, it, it all sounds... You know, oh, well, okay, I can't walk a dog with someone else. I mean, it all sounds, you know, pretty, you know, relatively immaterial. But, you know, these sort of things that people can't come closer than two meters from each other, Mm. the world economy and the world supply chain, and let's not use supply chain, let's just say food, Mm. can't be produced under that environment. You just can't do it because even though a factory... You know, if the plastics factory closes down, food goes rotten. You can't package it. People, there will literally be starvation. So I think, personally, I think there's going to be quite a big rethink in governments of what the side effects are or almost the unintended consequences of everything that's happening because the consequences of combating the virus may, in fact, may, in fact, turn out to cause more strain in the human condition than the virus itself. Yes. Wayne, when you've gone shopping recently, we're not going to talk about uh, individual shares that you like because we we, we know that uh, that would be a churlish uh, question uh, from my point of view to ask you because it's unfair. You're just going to wait for the dust to settle, I would have thought. But when you go to the shops, what are you seeing in South Africa compared to what I've described in the Netherlands? No, it's no, it's it's actually no different. Personally, I haven't actually been inside a, a shop since Thursday last week. Okay. Other than the garage shop to buy some milk and that, and that still all seems okay. But you went into South African shops, and there was no hand sanitizer, and there were no toilet rolls. Mm. But I, I'm sure. I mean, I should actually go and have a have a quick look um, at, at what the situation is at at the moment. You know, we've seen pictures on social media of queues outside the grocery shop, you know, extending down the pavement with people hoarding up and buying uh, uh, buying things. Look, we've got to be extremely careful as human beings and as investors and as, as human beings yes. not to panic in this type of environment. Now, unfortunately... The human condition says when a politician or someone stands up and says, don't panic, guess what the first thing you do is? <laughs> yes. You panic. Of course you do. Okay. So, so we've got to, 
we've now got to see from governments worldwide and from the World Health Organization, we've got to get rid of this disinformation out of the system. So, I mean, anything can happen in this type of environment. You know, you could literally have the stock markets close for a week. They could close for two weeks. You could literally have, other than officially sanctioned, government-approved sites and information portals, and close down any story about the virus on, on social media, any, anything to stop panic and the, to try and stop the rout and the, let's call it, disinformation spreading through the system. Because the latest thing they're going around now, China intentionally caused the virus I have heard that so crap. they could get yeah. the world stock market to collapse so everyone can buy it. I mean, you've heard this. It's, a, it's, it's permeating the complete world now that China intentionally did this and they're going to end up owning the world and it was an intentional story. Mm. And the next thing you're going to get the attacks on Chinese people in the street. Which you're already getting, you know, incidentally. Is, yeah, well, it hasn't happened here in South Africa. But well, I can obviously well imagine that this is now the consequence, you know, you go into a shop now and there's seven people there and one's Chinese, you know, you're going to be extremely careful about that Chinese person or their average psyche would be, mm-hmm. you know, at, at, so I think we are going to see literally, I, I didn't see this scenario a week ago when we last spoke, but I, I think it's quite possible you are going to see unprecedented reactions by central governments worldwide because we have a, proper panic going on yeah but when every 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 market down cycle is a proper panic there's nothing unusual about a global crisis this one is different but every other one's also been different and every other one the inherent underlying feeling of the crisis is exactly the same you panic because that's why it's a crisis because there wasn't the crisis wouldn't be panicking so even though the crisis itself is different it is still a crisis and crises have happened many many times and as i said we've all survived and the other bit of news is the absolute peak of the crisis, the peak of the panic, the peak of the bad information, the darkest hour is the day before it turns for the better. I know, you've always said that, When There's nothing but bad news when the market's um, close to the bottom. There's nothing but good news when the market is close to the top. I will give yeah. you my tip of the day now. Uh, Wayne, you're going to have to go down at some stage uh, to your local supermarket and buy yourself some, yeah. some toilet paper, unless you're lucky enough to have a B-day at home, uh, in which case, good luck to you. But um, if not, then there's two things I would say. Get yourself a bowl of warm, soapy water and uh, carry on. Uh, but on the other hand, there's, uh, there's, there's some really good toilet paper that it's produced every Sunday. It's called the Sunday Times. I would use that if I were you. Yeah, you, you, no, you, 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 you absolutely can and understand that uh, I'm not a person. My own personal view for what it's worth yes. is in five years' time, ten years' time, whenever, mm. the world, we all of us are going to evaluate these days that we're living through now and say, yes, it was real, the virus was real, but my goodness, did we panic. Yeah, yeah, quite right. It's in that, our nature. That's, that, that's my opinion. Yeah, we're, we're flimsy characters, human beings. Anyway, Wayne, and thank we're you. Going to look at, we're going to look at those tins of bully beef and chakalaka and beans still in the cupboard. Mm. <laughs> yes. Where they joined the bully beef and the chakalaka tins from the Y2K. <laughs> this is obviously way bigger than Y2K, but the... 
the underlying phenomenon, the underlying sentiment is no different. Wayne McCurry, thank you very much. Good luck with your bully beans and uh, chakalaka and your Sunday Times on, on Sunday if you can't find the real thing. But I think the Sunday Times is probably made for that sort of thing anyway, given the stuff I've read recently. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at F&B Wealth and Investment. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.